You are now listening to Well, Well, well Phila Now. Like, oh my god, did she just murder him? <laughs> oh no, his perfumist. Misandry. <laughs> yes, misandry. Oh, poor man. Ladies, serial killers are the best. Well, she's never going to get that stain out. Nothing says it's over like running over your ass. It had to be a woman. It had to have been a woman. Are you wearing it? Wait, how big were her breasts? <laughs> What's up, you guys? Hello. We're here for the recap. That you thought was, have you ever seen someone, Terrence, that you thought was so sexy? And even though she had a man, or he had a man, he was still turning you on? (laughs) How do you look like you have a man? Eve, right? Eve had a man. But Villanelle was too sexy for her to give a goddamn. Piss off forever, forever. And given the way this fucking episode has gone, this this song is so fucking appropriate. You're turning me on. Because I know that there are people out there saying, oh my God, the episode ended so fucking perfectly. It ended so perfectly. We didn't need a kiss. But you know what I say? I say that's bullshit, you guys. Because this is the same two hoes with the door O's. This is the same two O's where one of them admitted masturbating about the other. These are the same two O's that had phone sex. And you're telling me that after all that admission and love and confirmation that they're like, you know what? I'm going to text you later, Bay, And, you know, we'll get brunch. We'll get brunch tomorrow. No! Eve is like, oh, you're turning me on. Can we go back to your hotel? Because I'm homeless. You're turning okay. me on. Like, I mean, I'm wide awake for you right now. She's, a, she's like, every part of me is wide awake, and I'm trying to cross the line that Martin said. Did you cross this already? And she was like, not yet, bitch. I mean, what do you call a relationship? Are you guys fucking now? We're not. So what does that mean, Raymond? <laughs> Wait, his name's not Raymond. Martin. Martin. What does that mean, Martin? Yeah, what does that mean? It means they should start the fucking so that the relationship is complete versus incomplete. And then maybe Eve could learn to calm down a little bit. Although I would say she's actually learning. But then again, that could also be not true given how she ran away. When Carolyn and Villanelle were both like, you know what? Let's just stop this whole 12 investigation. And Eve was like, excuse me? Excuse me? I, I mean, is this the part where you think that I'm supposed to be manipulated by the two of you right now? Because the way I'm feeling. Don't your name, but you're turning me on. And that's even the bathroom. Right. Don't know your name, but you're turning me on. Turning me on. Like at the end of series one, when uh, that sweet old lady was like, she has gone. She was gone. like, where? <laughs> she literally was like, where? Where, where, where? I didn't mean to stab and then pull out. I need to see her, please. So, well, guys, we are officially, officially in the aftermath of this motherfucking finale. <sighs> how are we doing? How are we doing? Right, how are we? I mean, I, I mean, aside from the, the, you know, chaos that is, you know, COVID-19, aside from the chaos that is... Aside from the chaos of us coming to you live from the police state formerly known as New York. <laughs> right. I'm sorry, was that a little rabid, a little feral, a little angry? It's all, all of the above. But so yeah, so now it's like a double thing. Rona teen and the fuzz. Acting up too much. And they already act up too much all the goddamn time. So we're so happy to be able to be in here, first of all. When there was like a whole week that passed where it was not cool to be in certain places in NYC. I mean, I, I never thought I would be this old and have to worry about a curfew. It was... It was right? an interesting way to live. I- I'll give you that. Uh, I feel like I'm too grown for that. Too much of an anarchist for that. 
But that is what they did in our state of New York. And holy fuck, uh, I know there's probably at least a decent cross-section of you from the Americas, or actually just these United States, who know what the curfew is because your city was turning up for the first time in history. All 50 fucking states in the Union had people turning up somewhere, which is good and appropriate for what is going on in our country. But it's very possible that a number of you were stuck in curfew and quarantine for the past week or so. And we hope that you two are now able to enjoy the moonlight, if you so choose, without the fuzz appearing to deny you of your rights. Uh, Speaking of denial of rights, um, there there are some overdue O's. There are some overdue O's between our two ladies. And we, we need to see... Where where exactly things either stepped right or stepped wrong. So where was I? Where owed O's? I mean that's an interesting way to look at it. There are just O's that need to be cashed. I don't know if they're owed. They're in stock and they need to be cashed like stock into liquid. Oh, well that's a double entendre. Hey right. Well, this happens to me at the late hours. It's I'm just time saying to liquidate it's the O's. time to get the O's into tangible form and just out of Eve's head and Villanelle spank bank. Because right. it's what they deserve. They do they deserve. And I deserve an explanation as to why Mo had to be sacrificed. Oh, dear. I just uh, don't understand. <laughs> I mean, like I said in the last snack, I really never thought from the beginning of the series that Mo had a damn chance. And I'm so glad he got more screen time than I originally allotted for him. But I just don't see how. How you could have ever expected Mo Jafari to make it out of series three. I mean, he was gone. He was, he was. Although I will say, I will say that Hugo did. And I'm still mad about that, that Hugo, with all of his privilege, was allowed to right. sue and get more money. Right. And Mo Jafari is floating without flowers in his hair. Well, I guess they took him out. They took him out. You uh, can't leave a, well, you can't leave somebody well, in the no river. There's no way to know. They, I, Carolyn better have made sure that Mo was taken out of the river. It would be nice if she did. His off-screen wife would be pleased to hear that someone cared. What? When did Mo get an off-screen wife? For real, right? That's just... Oh, you just made that up? Why would you do that to yourself? You, you just did that to yourself. Uh, Mo wasn't wearing a wedding band. He was single and ready to mingle. And he liked omelets. Real omelets, not like, um, you know, those things they have on plates. And he liked bath bombs. I mean, he might have just been making fun of Paul, but I really think he liked to luxuriate in some suds and bubbles. You know, just relax after a long day's work of agent stuff in which you don't detect that people are stalking you because unfortunately you don't have those skills, Agent Mo. Unfortunately. I mean, I don't know if he had a piece of fight in him. I don't think he... He doesn't, you know what I actually was looking at? I was trying to catch up on how to get away with murder the other day. And the agent in there, she knew how to detect being stalked, being followed, where you just look over your shoulder like, I feel like someone has been on my tail. And the fact that Mo had none of those skills, I mean, it means he wasn't long for this world ever. It means he picked the wrong profession. It means that much like Carolyn said to Constantine, this is inevitable. Oh, yeah. that Yeah, she did. Same fucking thing. Well, you know who's not old to know? Geraldine, she's um. Well, uh, I would say that Geraldine <laughs> got too many O's, right? As it were, you know, for, she was cut. She was she buzzing one her too cousin. many. Right. Oh man! I mean, I had but to her stepdad figure, uncle. It's just all it's really messy, really bad. I thought I would have more positive feelings about Geraldine by the time the series wrapped up. And after watching the finale, I'm like, nope, nope, nope. They have decided to just do this with Gemma Whalen. And outside of giving Carolyn some fucking exposition, Geraldine was ultimately pointless because she gets kicked out by Carolyn at the end of the episode, or at least their scenes. And I'm pretty sure she won't come back for series four. I just don't see how she comes back for series four outside of like a fucking cameo. 
at best. And even then, at I'm sort best. of like, why? Right. Why? Right. She's over there with the Pyotors. Yeah, she's 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 out the the frame. She's. I mean, I don't know if she is, but she should be. Like, there shouldn't be a reason. They're like, you know who we should bring back? Geraldine. Like, I don't think there's anything left to resolve there. You slept with your mama ex, and you wrote her a letter about it. And you know what? I. <laughs> <laughs> and then she went on about your lack of ambition and you said, no, but that's not what this is all about. And I'm like, what, really? It's okay, not. but it wasn't just lack of ambition. Carolyn said she's <laughs> wasting her time on the planet. Like, she wasn't just saying, I wish you were a little bit more ambitious, Geraldine. I wish you had a little more focus in your life. She said, you're wasting your time on this planet and it's a disgrace. It's a disgrace and I wish we did not share the same last name. And I'm just like, fuck. She say all that, but her energy said her all energy that. She did. No, her energy did. When she opened that book to a blank page, I That's... just <laughs> She is sober. I don't even know why Geraldine tried for the bitch. If I were Geraldine, I would leave. I'd be like, fuck you, Ma. I, I've had therapy for Ooh. seven years, mother, and I have paid too much money to let you regress all the work that I've done. So let me just take my shit. And also I'm gonna take a few of your expensive things because I don't have a job. And I need to pay my rent. So I'm going to take these broken bits of the vase. I'm going to take this thing over here. I'm going to take this Fabergé egg. And I'm going to go, like you said, live my life. And that's what Geraldine should have done. No, she should have. Like, oh. rob your ma. Like, I'm like, mad at rob your ma. Rob but. your ma. She doesn't care about Geraldine. She literally said some line about, like, what did she say? What else are you going to do besides wasting your life on earth and searching for, I think it was something like homeopathic deodorant or all natural deodorant. And that is such a, a drag for the type of person Geraldine is that she would find it really important to find sustainable <laughs> deodorant. And that her mother <laughs> is so fucking annoyed and done with her nonsense. She's like, fucking do something practical Geraldine apparently Geraldine the quest continues because I can still smell you before I open oh, the door to my I mean no. that's, who knows who I suppose who knows but that's really sad and tragic I would hope that Geraldine had a piece of um scent a scent on her that was not abhorrent but perhaps was even pleasant Just, right 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 <laughs> I mean because you know I, I mean there's ways to go I mean I've tried the natural route where you know like no aluminum and and you want it to last, and I mean, it falls off never of your ever body. Never gonna give you up. <laughs> never ever gonna. Stop. I've I've never had something fall off of my body before. It was like, oh, okay, halftime or whatever. It was, wow, wow, was gone. wow, wow. That is a lot, sir. Well, I suppose before we go any further, we should just get into rewatching this bloody finale one more time that was not very bloody actually that was that was just me being british because it was not very bloody outside of rayanne's blood which i i did enjoy her blood i did i i can't lie but i didn't see much of paul's blood and certainly none of constantine's which i'm still salty about right uh, so we're gonna get uh happy excited and mad all over again because we're watching episode one more time and we will be right, right back. back tell me i'm your baby We, this is we where, this is where I feel unfinished. <laughs> I feel like... I mean, I'll try to save most of my ranting for the muses about why a kiss would have been perfection. And 
I am not in the camp of watchers and fans who does not think the episode could be improved upon. I do. Sadly, I do. And a kiss is one of those things. And I'm sure between now and 2021, you will hear me at least a dozen times, yell and scream as to why I think it would have been better with a kiss. But you know what? Let's not start there. Let's start with Villanelle being read to filth by Carolyn at the Royal Albert Hall, which is the very first fucking scene of this episode, like we discovered in the snack. Oh, yeah. Villanelle uh, entering the hall as they're playing. She makes her way towards the, I guess, the upper level. Mezzanine. It's a beautiful it looks like shot. some kind of mezzanine balcony happening. And here's Villanelle asking Carolyn about dramatics. And I'm like, oh, really? Because yeah, she's specifically like <laughs> a little overdramatic, don't you think? And uh, I mean, it's, it's kind of a callback, actually, to Raymond in the season finale when she's like, oh, you're such a drama queen. And then we were like, of all the people to speak about drama in life, you, Villanelle, indeed, it is pot kettle because, girl, you are dramatic as right? fuck. You love the melodrama and dramatics right down to the costuming. And so perhaps that was just our girl being cheeky. And I guess Carolyn really didn't give a, a goddamn. Especially when Villanelle later this episode is like, I was trained to be devastating. And it's like, girl, that's drama. That's unnecessary. No drama is khakis. Black khakis, <laughs> black boots, no label seen anywhere. You just blend in the fuck in. Looking devastating is the definition of drama. So she goes and corrects Villanelle to say, you know what? You can think it's dramatic, but... You know, I've had these tickets forever because, you know, opera's my jam. It's what I do. It's my thing. So Was you it the opera or was it like an orchestra thing? I guess I can't be sure because we didn't hear anyone singing an aria. And I don't quite remember what the tune was in that scene. But it could have just been. Because I believe she says at the end of the scene, like, oh, the third movement or second movement. Something like that, she says. At the end of the scene. But I took the impression of... Bitch, you're on my time. Like, you <laughs> wanted to see me right. about you, something. You I called. was busy and had plans, and so I'm fitting you the fuck in right now. And actually, you've lost a minute, and now you have four. So let's fucking get this conversation started. And Villanelle starts with that joke about when Carolyn's just like, yo, what do you want? Like, why Why am I here talking to you? And she's like, yeah, I just want to see what the canteen's like. And um, Carolyn's like, oh, here, here at this Royal Albert Hall. She's like, no, am I six? To which Carolyn says something like, it's heavily lasagna based. And Villanelle essentially is like, well, you know, I just, I came here to accept your job offer. I want to accept the job offer. And Carolyn says, as I said in the snack, one of the most shocking lines to me, although it just gives into my ideas about what Carolyn does in her private time, where she's like, oh, are things not working out with Alain? Alain, are things not working out with Alain? Alain. And I'm like, yo, Eve just told your ass that she got a promotion. You claim that you weren't interested, but you already know who a bitch's boss is, which is interesting because I would presume there's more than one boss in the 12. Paul was running Constantine and Alain is running Villanelle but how the fuck Carolyn knew Alain was running Villanelle without anyone telling her is interesting. That's why I liked when uh, Carolyn said at the same brunch breakfast table that you know for all I know you still have a direct line. I was like oop I was like well Oh, you well, mean when you Eve said that to yes, Carolyn? Yes, when Eve said that to Carolyn. I was like, oh my. Well, I don't know. I mean, I, it's speculation. If she has a direct line to Villanelle, right. Villanelle has a direct line to her and that she found out because I guess Villanelle's a good stalker for everyone but her family members. But I don't know, Ouch. especially with Carolyn's energy here, I don't think she gives a fuck. Unless they do some other retcon that says Carolyn's actually in the 12 and she's just been manipulating with all these puppet strings the whole time. That's what's so devastating, actually, about this scene for Villanelle is that Carolyn is like, yo, you're on Team D. <laughs> like a Nicki Minaj lyric. <laughs> you playing for Team D. And it's like, yo, Villanelle, this is how far we've, we've fallen. That Carolyn can't even be bothered to fuck with you. And they spent all that time in Series 2 trying to find a ghost for Intel. Good Lord. 
So, of course, she's faking Jack's like, oh, I mean, yes, Helene, you know, she loves me. You know, I'm wonderful. I'm great. She's doing the same upsell. I like when she's like, Helene loves me, but actually a little too much. A little, she loves me <laughs> a little, a little too much. She does, Villanelle. It's inappropriate. It was giving me the vibes of, of the Raymond upsell that she was trying to give to Constantine when uh, she was like, well, I don't really miss you because I have a handler and he loves me and he says I'm great, but... It was just funny because Carolyn wasn't buying any of this at all. She was like, hmm, well, hmm. There's, I would say that that's, it's definitely similar energy, but it's different for me because in this whole situation, like, there was actually, if we're going to go with, um, you know, certain terms, there was an alpha and a beta. If we're going to say, like, oh, this is an animalistic situation, Villanelle healed. Like, there is no clearer situation in which who was holding the power in that whole thing who was holding the intimidation who holds all the cards and it was carolyn and so to me that looked like villanelle trying to crack a courty joke that wasn't working for her because carolyn mm. was already done she was already like you're wasting my time and you can feel that energy when someone's like can you hurry up and be done because i actually don't care all that much about what you have to say and so villanelle's trying to make small talk to be like hey you know i'm i'm, I'm still kind of a big deal actually i got promoted actually and you know they love me actually and I, I know i don't know if it's working out over there but they they love me and so here's me trying to lead into like you could love me too as an employee and i kind of like the way that carolyn was responding to her reminded me of ann lister when she responds to Marion after Marion basically says she's going to have a baby despite her. And she's like, oh, really? Oh, good. Like, right, there's no right this fucking minute. serious. <laughs> there's no seriousness. They're like, yeah, okay, sure, girl. I Whatever mean, you say. You might want to get on that. You are no spring chicken. I was like, oh, my God. Right. So uh, Carolyn has that same that same sort of like condescending energy towards Villanelle. Like, oh, were you promoted? Oh, well, good for you, dear. And after she's like, OK, uh, oh, really? Um, mm, um, so what do you want to do? You want to you want to kill for me now? Villanelle, is that what you want to do? You want to kill for me and MI6? And Villanelle's like, oh, no, no, no. No, I don't want to do that. And of course, Carolyn's like, well, bitch, if you're not if you're not trying to kill for me, what right, I'm the fuck lost. are you trying right. to do? What is what are you bringing to the table? And Villanelle's like, well, other stuff like spy stuff, you know, fake mustache. You know what I'm saying? Going on missions. You know what I'm saying? Finding stuff. I do speak a few languages. Like, how, do, how does that look for you? And Carolyn's essentially like, no, thank you. Um, I decline. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, decline that it, offer. it hurt to see, but it was it was more so because she ooh, she was talking about giving some secret codes and information. And Carolyn's like, oh, oh, you, you going to get me information? All right. So who killed Mo Jafari? Since you're all good at getting information and stuff. No, no. I wouldn't even say she was saying you're all good. She was like, do you have it now? Because that's how it works when you're coming for Carolyn. Like, when you're working for Carolyn, you come with stuff to the table. You don't come asking for things. You come with things to offer, and we do a trade. So what do you have? Do you know who killed Mo? No. Do you know who killed Kenny? She's like, Kenny, what the fuck? I no. And she's like, okay, bitch, um, we're done. We're, we're done here. <laughs> Obviously, this is not going to work out. I have to go back to my movement. It's about to start. And this is my favorite one. So I'll see you. Please watch me as I walk away. <laughs> and it's funny because but we, as kind of the goes. audience, we get to see Carolyn have these powerful exchanges with people who do call her out to meet with her, sit on a bench and chat with her, hang out with her in a random location like Eve Palashi has been doing in the beginning stages of getting to know Carolyn. Like the gentleman whose uh, wife was um, trying to have her come back for poker night so that they could desperately win their money back that they got cleaned out of because Carolyn ain't no joke and she has a damn good poker face. Talking about some, well, how about we... How about we not? <laughs> How about I'm busy? How about I'm unavailable? Oh, but by the way, I sent you the information that you asked me for twice in a row. It was already sent to your desk. 
I mean, Carolyn is so good at eviscerating people. Like, she destroys Villanelle. She's like, listen, so if you're not killing for me, and bitch, you don't got no damn spy skills. We know you don't have no damn spy skills. Like, sure, you can read a book, but honestly, I don't have the time. Um, What's left? What's left if not Villanelle the killer? Oksana? Oksana? And, and what is that? What's that for MI6? What is that? And, like, Villanelle's face where she's like, holy shit. I felt like I knew you were rude, but I didn't know you could be this rude to me. I'm a killer. Did you forget I'm a killer? Why aren't you afraid of me right now? Like, what is going on? No one's afraid of me anymore. And that, that saddens me because Rianne wasn't even afraid until she was about to die. And I was like, wow, wow, wow. This is where we are. This is where we are. Cool. And then as she ends it, I can't, I can't leave out the last part where she ends it with like, good luck, bitch. Like she, she ends the conversation saying, good luck. The best of luck to you. Here's where you won't be getting help from me. And she says goodbye and it's done. And Villanelle's just left standing there stunned. Like, wow, I expected this to go differently. And it didn't. I thought maybe I could tell Eve like, hey, babe, we're going to be working together. And Eve would have been like, listen, I'm not employed by MI6. So I don't know what you mean. Working together. I don't have a job, Villanelle. But she can't even say that because she's not. That would have been an amazing timeline, by the way. <laughs> Eve, I just accepted a job with MI6. Where are you? Um, I'm at the this office that's not run by my sister. Although technically she should know because she found her there and because she had Eve's number, they just want us to assume that Villanelle was doing all her stalking off camera versus Emerald and Phoebe showing us some of that stalking. So we could infer that she was watching Eve at different times. Now they're just sort of like, yeah, she got her number. Yeah, she know where she works. No, they never conversed about this. You're just supposed to assume that Villanelle got it. Okay. Hashtag killing Eve science. Or well, I, I'm going to have to switch some of these hashtags from Killing Eve Signs to Killing Eve Season 3 gaucheries because I just don't know that that was a good move. Because it's not even about science, it's just about what you could have done to tighten it up a little bit. And, well, they didn't because everything else is, is in a guess. Like, we've said how many things have happened off camera, off screen, off whatever, and they don't explain it. They just they sort of, don't. like, they throw the line and they're like, this is what it is now. And you're like, okay. So you guys took time to do other things, but you didn't take time to do these other things. And the method behind it feels like madness. It feels like madness, but all right. And then after this scene, we cut to Constantine in hospital with Dasha. Yes. Um, we... The nurse um, is informing him that he's had a very severe heart attack. And he starts out trying to joke, saying that he knows because he was there. And I just love that she's like... (laughs) My shift has been 13 hours and dealing with with people like you, it's not fun. So how about you release your grip from my arm? Tell no more jokes. In fact, don't even speak to me if I'm not over here telling you about your chart. Excuse me. And the doctor leaves. And then Constantine takes that moment to get dressed and check himself out. Right. So he heads off to Dasha, who appears to be sleeping, to, I guess, say goodbye. But he does this weird check on her, which is like, Puts his face way, way too close to her face. He was trying to see if a bitch was still alive. alive. Even though the signs were, the <laughs> right. lights were beeping, he was still trying to see, like, how fucked up is she? I mean, I'd be curious, too. Well, what did they do? What, what happened to you, Dasha? And, of course, she opens her eyes and is like, hello, Constantino. <laughs> hello. Hello. She said the Scots are barbarians. I was like, girl. I was like, well, at least we know that you're in Scotland. Because if she had not said that, I would have not known where they were. I don't even know if it matters since Constantine has teleportation for travel. So I don't, I don't even know that it actually matters that they revealed that they were still in Scotland. Uh, well, he, of course, is trying to be out. He's like, it would be more dangerous for him if he stayed. And she's like, oh, have you been a naughty boy? And he's like, well, what have you heard? And she's like, oh, nothing. <laughs> I was like, do I believe her at this point? I don't know if I should, but I guess. I don't know why you would believe Dasha. <laughs> she, she, as far as we can tell, she's not been 
altogether honest at all, really, with Villanelle. And she's probably just like Constantine, half lie, half truth. And so she probably is telling a lie. That's my guess is that she's not telling the truth. And because so, I don't know why she would. Right. And then uh, as he goes to, to walk out, she's like, wait, are you going after her? You know she's the one that did this to me. Well, after she says, are you going to find her? Because I don't, I think she knows that Constantine's not going to do shit to Villanelle and that he couldn't. I feel like she was like, you going to deliver a message or you should know what your daughter did to me, what your other child did to me because it was so rude. And really it was both his murder daughters, Villanelle and Eve. Right. Because she's like, she did this to me and the palastry woman. <laughs> and Constantine's like, are you surprised? I told you my murderous daughters were, were a little wild. But then he also adds that Dasha attempted to kill Villanelle years ago. Which, that, this is an interesting conversation, actually, for me, because Dasha's like, well, that was a lot of years ago, and I was trying to show them, presumably the 12, that she wasn't ready, and Constantine's like, she was ready, and Dasha's like, she wasn't, <laughs> and they kind of go back and forth, and Constantine's like, you know what your mistake was? You expected her to play by your rules, and Dasha's like, well, I had to give her some, because you didn't give her any. Ooh. You know, I was old school and Constantine's like old fashioned and brutal. That's the definition of your old school, old fashioned and brutal. And Dasha's like, yeah, whatever. The West has made you soft. And actually, you have infected Villanelle with your disgusting lack of ambition. And at that, Constantine's <laughs> like, you know what? I'm leaving. I don't even know why I came in here to talk to you, bitch. Like, you are so fucking annoyed. And here's Dasha. Wait, 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 no, 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 wait, no, wait, no, wait, please come back, come back. And she like has her hand out. And Constantine for like a whole five seconds is like, I bitch, I don't know if I want to grab this hand. But he does. He does try to give her a piece of empathy. Although I think it was kind of rude because the way he snatches it away like three seconds later is so rude. I wish my son was here. You need to forget about him and Mother Russia. You're going to die in this room. (laughs) That was so rude. Why would you tell someone to forget about their loved ones as they're about to die? This is the time you think about them and hopefully have a happy thought before you leave the mortal coil versus not. But... Constantine is a manipulative little shit. And I think that what he did in that moment was actually very cruel to Dasha. And perhaps that was his goal. Perhaps he just really dislikes Dasha for all the reasons that we know and don't know. Oh, she fucked with Villanelle. Oh, maybe she's fucked with Constantine over the years. But that was cruel as fuck. When Constantine did that, I was like, yo, that's dark. And yet you live. You live in this episode. And randomly, guys, I'm going to keep bitching about the fact that Constantine is still alive. Because what? the fuck i was too cruel in my training you could have stopped me you know we're both to blame for and then you know she like uh starts well she's not wrong about that i mean because he talks about how she was so cruel to villanelle and it's like okay but what did you do to stop it so i mean there's something to be said about the bystander syndrome of constantine the trauma can't just be all on um dasha if he was in a power or in a position to Lesson, change, stop it, and chose not to. To quote Jamie, once again, it's all about choices. Constantine, <laughs> it's all about choices. And that's why Villanelle left your ass later in the episode, because actually, you are always taking care of yourself first. That is what you do. That is what is you protect do. you. And I never fully expect Constantine to tell the whole truth. And this whole episode, I would argue he didn't, ever. Unless he was forced, and then he told a half-truth. Right. Yeah, I could see that. <laughs> she was so convicted with this... Uh, with this rant that she was giving that she I mean I guess she overextended her jaunt because she began to code on the machines and the scene cut so we don't know if you know the science the medical team went in and jump started anything we are left to maintain the impression that you know what she probably coded in that room that that nurse who did her 14 hours is done she's on super break she's not coming back in that room no time soon and nobody's watching the board to come and resuscitate her so she may be gone 
but you know, there's a chance that she's also not. Pradasha? Yeah. Well, I'm not going to just assume that the Scotland medical situation is derelict. So theoretically, if Dasha starts to code, which she was not coding, as far as I could tell, when Constantine walked out, she looked like she was going into distress, maybe having a bit of a pain attack, maybe her blood pressure shot up or her heart rate, but she was not coding. And so the fact that Constantine says Dasha is dead is interesting to me because then I have to go back to that Harriet Walters interview where she implied very heavily that Dasha could do something in the fourth season, even though... I read an article that they're saying Suzanne confirms Dasha's death. Whatever. They did that about Constantine. They literally let us believe that Constantine was fucking dead at the end of series one. And then he wasn't. So I am not going to assume that just because someone is like, oh, no, officially Dasha's officially dead. Suzanne, you're not working on season four. So oh, you could just true. say whatever she's the fuck you want. If wow. Laura decided we're resurrecting Dasha for drama, then, then right. she's resurrected. She yep. And like I said, if a bitch don't die on screen, do they really die? Well, yes, unless you're Mo Jafari, evidently. But um I just don't know how we trust Constantine as the deliverer of information that Dasha's dead when he walked out before she was actually no longer breathing. So could just be something the writers are doing. And I would say, well, that's a little sloppy if that's what you're deciding to go with, because what? Because you had all that smoke for Villanelle not checking and confirming and verifying that her kills were actually follow through kills and that her passion kills were, you know, done properly that you over here announcing someone's dead when you don't even know for sure if they are but that's what i mean if he says it and she's not dead it's for the purpose of manipulation it's for the purpose of something else because that's the only reason constantine would do something like that is to manipulate to hide to put himself in a better position of something with the information that is real so i don't know but dasha is definitely in distress when constantine leaves her by herself to potentially code out by herself, which is horrible and tragic given what she was so assured that she was going to get, finally getting to go home and be with her son. And at least according to Constantine and Suzanne Heathcote, she never gets there. She just dies in hospital alone with that doctor who really doesn't want to deal with her patients anyway. Or at least not them. Yikes. As far as we can tell. That sucks. She had all that energy for Villanelle in that elevator when they checked into the hotel that, you know, she was going to be, she's going to die older. But with her son holding her hand and she painted this lovely scene of, you know what? I'm not going to be alone. I have all these. This is all I'm going to need. And all the things that she thought she needed, she couldn't get in the end. Ultimately, it's just her son. Ultimately, she was like, I want to be my son. I want him to be holding my hand and loving me. And she did not get that. And that is very sad, ultimately. I do have a piece of empathy for Dasha there because it's, it's something. It's still her child. And while we don't know what kind of relationship they had, she obviously cares for the child in a deeper way than Tatiana cared for Villanelle. So there's that. And now her son's going to find out that she just died. Because if Dasha's dead, I think the son is coming for Constantine and or Villanelle and Eve. Because why wouldn't you? Because your mama, if somebody killed my mama, I I would be on the hunt. So my mother died in a Scotland hospital and you just so happened to not only be in the same room as her, but you discharged yourself the moment she was found dead. That's a lot of energy going and pointing into Constance's direction. And I don't know what he's going to try to do from that point And that's also you're presuming that Dasha made no calls. That too. You're presuming she's talked to no one, that the lady in red has no idea she's (laughs) in the hospital. I don't, I'm not of that thought. I think Dasha placed a call as soon as she was conscious. But where, where the call went to, who knows? That's up to the season four writer's room, but who knows? And then finally, after this hospital scene concludes, we are to what I will say is the best scene of the episode. And that is the ballroom scene. And that's because I enjoyed the ballroom scene more than I did the bridge scene. 
I mean, y'all don't have to at me about it. You really don't. It's just the way I feel about it. It's how I feel. And that is that is how I feel. You're entitled to the way you feel. I loved where we just were. And this was like a continued high. So if I was already off of my chair when I thought that Dasha was dead, then there was no way I was going to sit down knowing that I'm in the bar scene. After I seen all the uh, pics leading up the week before this episode was out and knowing that this is when I'm going to get something. I'm going to get these two ladies and they're going to be together. Like I just knew this was going to be something major. I just knew it was. Without knowing, but well, I'm I knew. pretty sure. I'm pretty sure you weren't alone. I'm pretty sure the <laughs> feral fandom sharing gifts and theories for a fucking week was also sure that it was going to be big, and big it was. There was and, music playing. Yes, the scene were, starts with "Within My Heart" by Jack Shanlin playing. Oh, I was saying oh. that there were couples coupled up on the dance floor. Well, when we start the scene, Villanelle is sitting and she is watching the couples dancing and maybe they're not real couples they could just be dance partners we don't know people can take dance classes with friends but she's sitting there all sullen and shit watching everyone dance and in my opinion totally thinking about eve and what she wishes she could have but probably will never get in her mind and then eve walks in i was like i know that parka (laughs) and she stares for a moment before saying hi and then then i was like hi i'm over here like this is so gay (laughs) And, and then Eve is like, how are how you? How are you? And Villanelle does this little sad shrug of just like, I don't know. I really don't know, actually. But better, better now that you're here is what that shrug said to me. And then she asks Eve the same question, like, how are you? And Eve is just like, bitch, I, well, well, this is, I mean, I'm glad this is different from our last it interaction. Is. I'm glad we are more chill. And that's kind of what her smile says to me that she does before she sits down. Because they're both not okay. And I, they're like, listen, we, we are both a little fucked, but we are in each other's presence. And this is a start to maybe it being better. And of course, Eve goes to sit down and she removes that goddamn Parker. I was so happy. Also about known that. as her emotional armor. I was like, you need to take that off now. But she takes it off right away and it's not in a delay. It's kind of like later on in the episode when she has her hair down. She probably put it down right away the minute she knew she was going to see Villanelle because Eve is kind of done with the games with Villanelle. And I am so happy that we are finally here with Eve. And so after she sits down, Eve asks her, she's like, why here? Why? Presumably Villanelle texted her. We don't get to see those texts. Thank you, Emerald Fennell, for letting us see the text messages and hear the voicemails. Thank you for caring about that. We do not get to see Villanelle text Eve. We do not get to see Eve read the text. We do not get to see if Eve is still saved as Kill Commander. We have none of that information, but for now, I'm just going to say yes, that's what happened. And then Villanelle reveals that it is the location of her first fucking kill. Way back when, for the 12th in the country of Britain. So, yeah, this kill ended up seeming really loaded because the guy was, uh, I guess, a tango champion on the side of being, like, uh, high-ranking... He was a police. Policeman. Yeah. Police official. Right, so... Wait, what'd you say about the death? I don't know why you said it would be, like, a intense death. What makes you say that? Just a police officer. It's not like it was a political agitator, like all the people she killed in Spain. It seems like it was her first job. No, but and if it's her first job, it shouldn't be like a crazy intense job, like kill this politician. It should be someone like easy, like go kill that police guy. Yeah, I They're agree. easy. I agree. But I think for her age and for, I think that for her degree of difficulty, that person was considered, he wasn't like, you know, a random deputy. I think in the department where he was, he was ranked higher than most. 
But ranking higher than most does not mean you are more efficient at saving yourself. This isn't the military. <laughs> Where if you rank higher, maybe you have been in there longer and you have some hand-to-hand combat skills. You can be a police official and have no combat skills. Depends on what you're adding to it. Are you a researcher? Are you a detective? Where are you at? What are you doing? And then depending on what that job was, was why he got fucking murked. He was probably on a case or doing something. The 12 was like, nah, 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 chill. <laughs> and they took him out. And clearly he was no match for young Villanelle because Villanelle was technically older than Felix when she did her kill. And so not that young. And so I guess the police officer should feel shame, but he's dead. So he's there's dead. that. But at least he knew how to tango. So his life did have some, some happy moments before Villanelle ended it at the ballroom. And she's staring at the dancers going, hmm. What how different my life would have been if I didn't, you know, go through with that kill. Maybe I could have been a interior designer. Here's Eve trying to make light of the situation going, well, uh, you would have definitely saved me a lot of heartache. And she tries to, like, laugh it off, but Villanelle's still lost in all the people. Well, I don't know. I, I feel like this this is one of my favorite scenes because it feels very nuanced with how the actresses are acting it out. So I think there's multiple levels and beats of what of how Eve and Villanelle are interacting. And Eve gets, in my opinion, multiple looks of concern and intrigue on her face. And the first look for me happens right after Villanelle says that it's the site of her first kill and she strangled a high-ranking police officer. And she's like, oh, just happened to be a tango champion. The look that Sandra O'Connor's is like, wait a minute. Are we being serious? Are we like being sentimental and honest right away, bitch? What the fuck? This is unusual. Usually we are on our bullshit. We're on our nonsense. We're giving cheeky and coy statements and we're not getting to actual real feelings. But Villanelle is not playing any of those games. And I think kind of when in the next line follows, when Villanelle is like, oh, well, imagine what I could have been an interior designer. And in my mind, I'm like, girl, you'd be dead. They recruited you. They got you out of jail. They faked your death. If you didn't do what they wanted you to do, you'd be dead. You wouldn't be an interior designer. But I'm so glad you're thinking that way, just like fantasizing about other lives. And I think in that moment, Eve clocks again where she's like, yo, bitch, okay, this is intense. Let me crack a joke. Oh, it doesn't land. She's not laughing. She's not responding. So let me get to your level of just talking about serious shit. So Nico's in hospital because he was poked through the neck by Dasha, who tried to Blame it on you. You know what I'm saying? And Villanelle's like, blink, blink. Like, she does clock it. And I feel like she's thinking, wow. So yet another person who's manipulating me the whole time. Oh, my God. I love my life. Psych! I don't love it right now. To which Eva's like, are you listening? Are you listening to me at all? Like, are you listening? And I feel like Villanelle's internally like, yeah, I'm listening, bitch. I just... It just keeps getting worse. Everything you <laughs> no, say to me right? is fucking horrible. And that's so sad because... Villanelle just looks like a little sad puppy. And Eve keeps noticing where she's like, yo, this is so fucking different. And that's what I wanted ultimately for them to meet up again. And for all the Villanelle armor, that whole fucking centurion turned emperor jaunt that she was doing where she's like, I'm powerful. Smell me, Eve. No vulnerability here, bitch. Look at me. Strong as fuck. And the woman that Eve walked into was the exact opposite of the goddamn emperor on the fucking bus. And I was living and dying at the same time from it. But it was so good, so well played by the actresses. And so after Eve is like, are you listening to me? Villanelle's like, do you think about the past? <laughs> do you think about it? And if you guys are watching the live, you saw me screaming in the moment. Where I was like, this is going to be one of those moments. It's going to be one of those moments. It's going to give us our line for like, season three. Up, but no, I didn't, I didn't. The cheek up didn't immediately happen. But what I heard was the past is all I think about. And I was like, well, that's interesting because what I heard. Well, specifically, she's like all the time. So right. that's what's important. <laughs> that's what's important because they've repeated the all the time. Someone's like, do you think about it? Do you think about it? All the time. All the time. And so for the third season, here comes Eve. All the time. That's all I think about. And I just. 
girl. She said, I am still here. I, I am. But you but she knew I'm staying. And you <laughs> and you and you. But yes, that that's literally and that's, that's all that I think about. And <laughs> I was screaming and then Villanelle continues. It's nice to watch them. They seem happy, carefree. And I know on the live, I was like, you bitches be carefree. Just get the fuck up and dance. Well, dancing can do that or something like that. Eve does say that after taking a a look again at her like, bitch, I barely know what to do with myself with all of this shocking honesty you're giving me. I barely know how to handle it because every line coming out of your mouth seems real. And this is too much. I feel like there were extra beats in this episode. I don't know if it's because it was the finale and... There were things that I wanted to happen more so or faster than it was. I just was like, there's a lot of space here. But it's not. Do you mean in this space. scene in particular or well, just in that? Well, yeah, like in this conversation, there's a lot of like, like even between like some of the lines, like they seem so happy. And then, well, dancing can do that. And it's just like these long shots, these lingering shots. I like them. They do a lot of staring and lingering in general. And at least for the way I interpreted it, I interpreted it as thinking. And yeah. processing. Eve yeah. is, she was expecting a certain kind of thing and then probably also not expecting anything at all. And then as she sees Villanelle, she's adjusting. Because, I mean, all we have to do is literally look at every other interaction. The first line, second line out of Villanelle's mouth is on some fuck shit. It's really on some fuck shit. Don't move. Smell me, Eve. Like, she is so extra. Don't run. And it's always something that has to do with the game that she's playing. She fucking got there in series one. She was playing games, playing a role of, oh, let me be the scared assassin that needs your help. And Eve was like, bullshit. Series two, she's playing games again. And she's on her fucking morning shit with, like, goddamn funeral couture. And she's out of control. And then series three is the first time where Eve pops in to be like, yo, bitch, we back on our bullshit. And then I was like, no. Now, I'm too sad to be on my bullshit right now. And Eve is like, what the fuck? I, wow. Okay, wow. But what I also like about this is the tendency for Eve to look to cheer her up. That's what she does with the joke. And the, hence the pauses for my mind is that she pauses, she ponders, and she's like, how am I going to respond? Here's a joke. Here's lighthearted. Oh, it's not working. Okay. And Villanelle's talking about something else. And then, so by the time the gay rights activist walks up and it's like, ladies, <laughs> <laughs> she's like, oh, this is my perfect. This is my perfect thing. But after, I guess she says um, that she wants to feel like that. And Eve is like, eh, well, dancing will make you feel that way. And I'm like, Eve, you say later that dancing isn't your thing. And so if you know that dancing potentially makes you feel that way, if you didn't just read a book about dancing, when was this? Was this in college? Was this doing your horrific courtship with Nico? Was this in high school? Where was it? I'm starting my petition now for my my Eve flashback. <laughs> since we got 85 million flashbacks and side stories this series, I would like some from Eve. I would like to know. What Eve was like in college? What woman did she obsess over and she didn't know it was gay? Because that's a real fucking thing. There are late bloomers. There are queer late bloomers. And sometimes you'll know you're queer until someone fully awakens to stuff. But you were doing queer things prior to the full awakening. That's just one of those isms that happens. I, I've actually talked with a number of friends who like some people who were late bloomers or being like, oh, I didn't discover I was queer until this time. And then being like, well, tell me about some of your some of your friendships with women, if they're women. And then, you know, they describe some things that it's like, you were in love. <laughs> Both of you were gay and thirsty and ridiculous. And you just did not fully know or understand or how to execute. That's adorable. Because that, that friendship, it's like the definition of gals being pals, but in that other way, where you are just pals. But the sapphic desire is so intense. It's the kind of thing that, like, 
If someone touches your arm, you got that crush that you, you could have a mini O right there because you are so fucked up and nervous and turned on at the same time. You're like, oh my God, I can't deal with it. These are the situations I've heard described. I'm like, that's pre-gay gay, where you're just, you're like, this is a friendship and we are so close and I really intensely love you and I just want to be around you all the time. I don't know what it is, but we're just really good friends. We're BFFs is what it is. Aww. And I'm like, no, that was gang, sweetie. And so... <laughs> For my friends that I have like that, it was always high school. A little bit of college, but mostly high school where you're like, no, we're just best friends. And I'm like, what you just described is not a het best friend relationship. <laughs> I just want to tell you, you probably didn't know, but it wasn't that. Oh, yeah. So then someone said, excuse me, um, it's time for all Wait, the- wait. Okay. Wait. <laughs> After Villanelle says, I want to feel like that. I feel like Eve immediately turns her head. Villanelle is hovering those goddamn tears. Like, they're getting heavier. The droplets are getting no, bigger. That is true. And Eve looks at her, and she's like, what, what happened? happened? She gets directly to it. She's like, something is bothering you. Something is up. I can tell. Talk to me. Please. I'm Eve Palastri. I need to know everything. What happened? And here's us going, <sighs> tell her about Pinner. Tell her about everything. I think she was, too. Like, she took a moment for more tears to well. Probably a gulp, because she, I would have to imagine, would be afraid that Eve would judge her that Eve potentially would think she's the monster that Tatiana and everyone else has been referring to her as because it's a pretty deep thing to kill your mother. Like that's, it could make a lot of people pause for reflection (laughs) on your character. And so I think she was afraid to say it. But the way it's played for me, the way it looked like she was about to say something, like she turns her head to look at Eve, like she's about to say something. And in that moment is when the gay pride activist walks up and he's like, ladies, (laughs) ladies, (laughs) ladies. Everyone to the dance floor. Okay, every we try to encourage everybody to dance floor. Those with rhythm. Rhythm He looks at Sandra O. Or looks at Eve, and then he looks at Villanelle. And those without, those with no rhythm. And I'm like, yo, that is so shady, buddy. And so what I started to think about was like, how did this happen? How did he know (laughs) to look at Villanelle when he's like, gay rights, but I need you to come on the dance floor. And I think in my mind, I invented a story that when Villanelle first arrived, that she was kind of being awkward by herself. Like she was looking at people and she was trying to like do a little two-step. And I feel like she made eyes with the guy who was in the corner. He was like, oh, no, no, no. (laughs) And also you need a partner, which is also why you're failing. And she's probably like, the only partner I want is Eve. So I'm just out here by myself. And he probably came up to her and was like, hey, so if you don't have a dance partner, maybe you could just watch until your partner arrives if you have one and she was like wow wow so you're saying i am a shitty dancer i thought people came here to learn sir right i feel singled out and attacked and he was like well you are single where you are single (laughs) and that's part of the problem Oh my gosh! But he that finally was hilarious. noticed that Eve came in and so the lonely girl. He was like, "Oh my god, she does have a girlfriend. Perfect, yeah. ladies." Because they weren't even talking for four minutes before he was like, nope. "Bitch, okay, so it looks like your girlfriend showed up. Great on the dance floor. How many people do you see sitting? People resting their feet. Get up, get up, young people, and go dance." And well, Eve did. Eve did right. She did. And Villanelle's like, "But what do you what?" she's like well come on we gotta do she's like bitch dance is not my thing it's not my thing she's like girl me neither but uh, let's go and it's just a little shoulder shimmy she's like girl come here come here and I just thought I'm like this is too adorable she is really trying to cheer Villanelle up and Villanelle looks the meekest that she has ever looked in this entire goddamn series if I had to compare the meekness it's like on level 15 on a scale of 1 to 10 and previously a level 12 I would describe to the series one finale when Eve lays down on the bed and she puts the gun down and Villanelle's thoughts are flashing. She's like, is this an invitation for sex? An invitation for cuddles? Just like an invitation like that? Like, what is she trying to do? Like, what's going on? I'm confused, but I want to be there. I want to be next to her. So what what should I do? Should I lay down? Should I take the gun? Like, what should I, is this smart? Like that, it was like the same thing, but amplified times a thousand. 
where she was like, I don't know what to do. Like, I want to go out there, but also I don't want to make a fool of myself, but also I don't want to fall to pieces because I've been falling to pieces literally every day. Um, okay, let me just go. Out. Oh, look, she shimmied her shoulders and she smiled. Well, I guess, I guess, I guess I'll get up. But she's so freaking nervous. I mean, but she also said that Eve was getting smaller and smaller in the distance. Oh, she's like, so. come back, come back. <laughs> right, right. We do know proximity affects these hoes. So right. I would agree there. So it was, it was right. So she was like, no, but I, I mean, as long as I can see her, this is fine. So she, yes, very meekly followed her towards the, what ended up being the center, the center of the dance floor. And now that they found each other in the center of the dance floor, they do that weird thing where it's like, okay, well, let's, um, it's right, very so tragic and very adorable. It's very tragic and adorable. Okay, so they bump uh, coochies right. because they don't know how to go. They're like, "Oh wait, we both going forward, same leg, no, different leg, no." What the fuck? And eventually, Eve is like, "Um, are you leading or am I?" And like, I, I lost idea. my shit. I lost my shit on the live because you guys know I desperately, desperately wanted that prediction to be Eve for all the reasons I say it would be Eve, right. and it was. It was. That was the moment. That was the fucking moment and honestly it's it's everything about what happened here in the ballroom scene is perfect because you add to the fact that we are bookending something that's been happening a lot from episode one and the fact that Villanelle was dancing awkwardly reluctantly without passion with Maria the Spanish wife and we wondered does this mean that we will see Villanelle and Eve dancing at the end of the season we wondered about that prediction we talked about it we mused about it and it has come true and it's right. such a reverse because Villanelle in episode one is serving big dick energy Villanelle in a dark suit and she is in control her hair is slicked back and we know what I think about Villanelle when her hair is slicked back kind of like the same about Eve and in this juxtaposition of her dancing with Eve in the final episode her hair is down her hair everything is about down. her face is open she She's like that person at prom who's on the wall and it's like my dream person will never ask me to dance. I'm just here and she was there for an hour and here comes Eve looking perfect. Kiss me. Being the whatever and she's like, will you dance? We take my hand. We go. I can't deal with that song, sir. (laughs) I reject your 90s reference. But it definitely was, it felt like that's the vibe of what you're describing where it's like, yes, I will have this dance with you. Yes, you, the one on the wall that's acting like I'm not talking about you. Yes. You've been on my mind all night. I've never known true beauty till this night. Very Romeo and Juliet. And she was like, oh my God. Me? Me. It's me. Oh, Villanelle? Yes. (laughs) And so when they finally do start to step in stride and they, uh, there's this moment of, I don't want to call it immediate trust, but there is. They melt into each other. I don't care. Well, we're going to have to go step by step because I feel like you're skipping frames and that simply cannot be be allowed for this scene when literally there's two whole scenes, essentially, uh, maybe three that features Villeneuve. So I will be spending a lot of time on these scenes since it's all I have. It's literally all I have this season. So sorry, I will not be rushing through. Um, So yes, back to the beginning of this dance. (laughs) Villanelle gets chosen. She gets chosen. She's nervous. She's bashful. Eve picks her. She's like you, like being picked for the kickball team. They're like, you, you, you. You thought you would be the last picked. And she was the last picked, technically. But Eve picked her, and that's the only one she wanted to pick her. And so Villanelle shuffles out her tragic mess self. And I just want to say, you guys, how long have I been campaigning for Eve as the top? How long have I been campaigning for Eve to be the top? Hmm? How? I, I, I don't even know. Since the beginning of this podcast, it probably, it probably is the beginning of this goddamn <laughs> podcast. Now, I just need you guys, I just need you guys to recognize the energy Eve displayed. Okay, I just need you to see how she took the lead. 
And I also need you to see how desperate Villanelle was for her to take that goddamn okay. lead. Are we noticing? Okay. Are we clocking? Are we paying attention? All of you Villanelle's are top. Are you... T- you know what? You can at me for this because I- I'm ready to argue on this because this episode has cemented to me what I felt have been true in my heart, my heart of hearts, for months, dare I say years, about these these two women and their dynamic. And then once they get their shit together and Eve is like, bitch, I'm leading. Bitch, I'm the one in control. Bitch, clearly I need to be the one doing it. Villanelle gets this look on her face. It's a smile. It's an actual verifiable smile. Yep. And it's kind of the first we see. Like there's a one, there's a small one that happens before then, before they like get to that part of the shot. But it's really like her first big smile that we see. And this bitch was legitimately depressed and sad and sullen. She was a Fiona Apple song embodied in the chair. Just sad as shit. And two seconds of being on the dance floor with Eve and being in such close proximity, she couldn't help but smile. She was like, bitch, this is exactly (laughs) what I wanted. I didn't know. I didn't know it would be this great when we got to the dance floor. But I also kind of knew, which is why I secretly wanted it. Because that's the element of being at the prom waiting for the dance. Is that you want it. You want it. You don't want to let people know that you want it. You just want to be kind of blasé, like, yeah, whatever. I'm fine standing on this wall. Pfft, I don't even like music. But then the minute you get that dance request, you're like, fuck it. This is everything I've <laughs> ever wanted. And I do love that the callback line of, like, you know, who's leading or am I? And uh, was like, I have no idea. I love that it reverses later in the episode when they're at Paul's. And Villanelle's like, yeah, what the fuck's going on? Eve's like, I have no idea. It's the one brain cell. It's the one brain cell that they share. So Eve successfully gets her goddamn smile, and then they do, as you say, sink into it. If you saw the live again, we were screaming, (laughs) sink into it, sink into it. Yes, yes, feel it, feel it. And that they did. And it just sort of confirms that, like, well, see, I feel like there's a lot of parallels to series one because they feel exhausted to me. It feels like a lot has been going on, and there's not been really time to rest in that way that is actually good for your your soul and your mind. And so I feel like in that moment, it was like a rest. It was for, for the both of them. Eve has been amped up to get to Villanelle and sort of like unfinished in that respect. And Villanelle has been unfinished since he shot Eve and then found out she was still alive. And so I like that for like a solid two or three seconds. They just exist in each other's space, experiencing what that is. We are close to each other. We can smell each other. We can touch each other. We're holding each other. Actually, this is what I wanted. And eyes close. Eyes close. And they're lost in reverie. For what could be an eternity in your mind, moments like that can feel like they have lasted for an hour. And I hope it did for Villanelle because she needs that shit. There was a woman in a blue dress and I kept saying that she was saying to her dance partner, Harold, they're lesbians. lesbians. (laughs) Oh my God, that reminds me. In the shot, in the frame, when Eve is standing up and she's trying to get Villanelle to stand up, there's a frame of two women dancing together like they're they're like they're passing in the thing and i was like yeah gay rights gay rights indeed gay fucking rights i just feel like they need a good like after the events of the things they need a good cuddle and a nap post 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 first a very very vigorous sex um sex moment but after that sleep for like two or three days know what i'm saying order in but um (laughs) they need it they really do so yes these hoes are dancing i'm dying and crying inside villanelle's sinking into eve even to her and it's just so fucking beautiful and villanelle's getting lost in the moment in the fantasy and i feel like this is what was happening because when she opens her eyes her first sentence is do you want to be like that and so in my mind i'm like you were literally thinking in that moment i could be here forever i just want this how do i what huh so eve do you do you do you think about being like these people and eve is looking at the old couple like bitch why why are you able to be hat or haven't we moved past that (laughs) haven't we moved past my headness villanelle no and i think she replies specifically not anymore 
and Villanelle is just sort of like, why not? And Eve says, well, because they'd never make it that long because they'd consume each other before they got old. And God consuming. I Like I said on the live, expect for me from now until 2021 to be musing for hours on consummation consuming and what that can mean, what it does mean, what it should mean for these ladies. But I said aloud, that sounds that sounds real good. That sounds real nice. <laughs> and then like half a second later, Villanelle was like, actually, that sounds that sounds like that sounds kind of fun. Sounds kind of like a good time. See, Villanelle knew it. It should have been. Who knows what Eve meant, but. And they sink again. They both acknowledge right. that. Yes. Like Eve doesn't, she doesn't reply with some cheeky shit. She just kind of smiles like, yeah, bitch, you're right. This is what I think about late at night when I'm trying to sleep, actually. This exact concept of what we're talking about about and then more truth it's filling out in the sink <laughs> she's still sinking and she's like i've killed a lot of people and i'm like oh she's about to talk about it she's well because they're talking about their relationship see that's interesting what you said she's about to talk about it i don't know see i'm still of the thought that she couldn't that she was is getting to a place i think it is very hard for her to talk about tatiana and the only reason it was easy with Constantine is because he already knew the situation and he had to set up the situation for her to get to her family. And then once she got back, she couldn't hide the fact that she killed because Constantine was like, what happened? And that look on her face, he was like, oh, bitch, I know you too well. Why? Why did you? You were supposed to be mature. You were supposed to be over there and be mature. Have a conversation. Realize your mom is not the devil. Just fucked up. And then I was like, oh, no, I'm still petty. I killed her and now I'm fucked up. I'm fucked up off that pettiness. I wish I hadn't done it, but it's done. It's done. It's done. It's done. I'm fine. I'm fine. I've just decided that um, I'm done with the 12. Like I know before you went, I said I was going to be the keeper. I was going to be your boss and still treat you well. But I'm now to this place where I'm like, fuck it. Fuck the 12. Fuck this career path. And let me just get out of here. And Constance is like, yo, what the fuck? What the? This is, this is one of the quickest and most ridiculous about faces Villanelle you've ever done. Ever, ever done. And I think ultimately outside of what has affected Villanelle, you know, internally about ending the woman who put her on the planet. Perhaps she has spent some time thinking about it, especially Constantine's reaction about what kind of person can kill their mother. What kind of person has to go that far? And I do believe that there's a degree of self-hate happening um, with Villanelle in this respect. And Jody said something in an interview about it's just really difficult for her to be dealing with this in her own body. And so I wouldn't exactly, okay, maybe like a type of depression, not necessarily clinical, but just something that like it's it's agitated this thing. And I don't even know that she fully understands it, which is why like in another world, Villanelle could probably benefit from some therapy to talk out what's going on because the manner in which she categorized lives just sort of like casually that has disappeared entirely. And it seems like the catalyst is her mother and that she fully didn't understand that erasing this tether, this biological tether, would have this subconscious and conscious reality to your mind and your actions that you literally can't predict until it happens. It's like trauma. You could say, I'll react to trauma this way, but you literally don't know until trauma happens. And you're like, oh shit, this is actually happening. It's completely out of my control except perhaps through therapy and or medication to get a control, to get control of myself. What the aches? Well, well, I mean, I it's mean, kind of sad. But <laughs> at the same time, they decided to do this. They decided to give us all this excess stuff with Villanelle to muse on they and nothing, did. literally next to nothing for Eve. So this is where I have to go because why did they bother? Why bother showing all this stuff for Villanelle unless it's supposed to matter in her characterization as it relates to Eve? And so I'm just going to have to assume that if Tatiana is this ground shifting thing, this seismic shift that's happened in Villanelle, then I would also have to presume that relaying that seismic shift 
is a huge fear to Eve because it seems like, especially from Villanelle's perspective, you could say, feels like Eve has fully accepted me, except, except. In the finale, because she did not accept my manipulation, which I hope series three showed Villanelle, you shouldn't accept manipulation because you haven't accepted it. You don't want it. So why should you accept Eve to do the same thing? And that she's had some kind of a maturing or a level up to understanding like how interpersonal relationships can go wrong when manipulation is involved. I like that um, nuance is on the board for her. And she's, um, yes, being carefully considerate of you know, what's, what is, what can be, what can fit in the realm of manipulation? Is it withholding information? Is it, you know, being intentionally deceitful? And then for what reasons? Like, is it motivationally based? Like, Right. Are your, are your motives different from what you stated? That's right. probably manipulation. So when she hears the response of, I know, after she said she's killed lots of people, she, it, there's a pause. It's like this these pregnant pauses oh it made me feel her reaction i mean yeah there's a pause but she smiles like it's a it feels like a look of relief like she wasn't sure and i guess to go back to what you were saying before that is her soft way of saying it because if i have to imagine what eve is thinking i'm thinking that from what eve knows from the table she can tell something is wrong with villanelle and it's probably connected to a job or a kill right and so she wants to know what that is. Who did they have you take out? What did you do? How did it happen? So she can try to understand. And I think also help Villanelle because it goes back to series two when she was telling Martin, I need to help her. I need to save her. I need to take care of her. I need to make sure she's safe. And Martin's like, I think that bitch is safe, bitch. She's a killer. She's like, she's not. She's not. She's not. You don't understand. And we're seeing in series three that Eve was totally and completely right. And so there's a possibility that she already had an idea that something could do this to Villanelle. Whether or not she thought it has something to do or could have something to do with her parents or whatever, I think Eve thought this was possible. And now that she sees Villanelle being this vulnerable and open and actually hurt, she's like, what is right. it? Tell me what it is. <laughs> Tell me what it I is. Need Who needs on? to be murdered? Right. Whose chest needs to be crushed, Villanelle? And... <laughs> Like again, I love the it. gladiator and then the, the the beast. This is what I Eve keep doing. is actually the beast. And I was thinking that I was going to get another beautiful exchange, but God damn it! They knew what they were doing. They knew what they were doing. God they knew what they were doing because if there was ever a moment for Villanelle to try to start that Tatiana conversation, it was right then and there, with her being like, "Look, Eve, I've killed so many people," and Eve being like, "Bitch, I know, and I don't care, honestly." You've killed a child. And did you see me bat an eyelash? I never even asked you about that child. We never talked about Gabrielle. You know why? Because I don't care about Gabrielle. Not one little bit. (laughs) If you have killed some minors in the time we've been separated six months, bitch, I don't care either. All right? Just tell me what's on your mind so I can assure you that it's still okay with me. This time and, a year um, ago. Rianne was a cunt. <laughs> I, I mean, her showing up. God, God I God think I crushed damn. something in my hands and threw it <laughs> twice during the live because I was like, God, because that was one of my big asks for the finale. I was like, please, can they talk about Tatiana? Please, can Villanelle tell her that she killed her mom and Eve just see how that all works with Villanelle's face and her tears and her hovering? And can they just like do a thing and have a moment or something? You're better than me. I was like, are we going to bring up Amsterdam? Are we going to bring up Amsterdam? You're so, so desperate. I just... I, I don't think Amsterdam's <laughs> coming back, man. I don't. I, I know. Maybe I just, Laura. Maybe Laura because, has something to add, because but me I don't know. Seeing an Eve Palastri ask Caroline, "Oh, so where are my postcards? Like just some anything?" Since I just, just, just anything. I'm kind of annoyed that Carolyn is going with this idea of like, "Oh, I can't ever break up the twelve, so I'm done fucking with them." Bitch, what? We're not there. I just flash forwarded to that, and I got annoyed. Okay, so. So, get back to the ballroom. The ballroom dance floor. She slips out of her uh, 
soft bottom mode to go. Wait! I cannot deal, sir, with how you are rushing through this <laughs> oh, scene. Fine. What fine. the fuck? I'm, I'm just going to. I'm gonna... Rushing to get to what scene? The I train mean, station well, where we in? It I can mean, wait. It can wait. All right. All right. It can wait. All right. All right. So what needs to be noted here is not just the fact that they were like talking about their relationship and what's going on and they were about to get to another stage before Rianne showed up. It is the flip of protectionism, but also, also, I don't know how many people noticed, Villanelle, I think, touches her scar as she's watching Eve walk away, which isn't atypical to things we've seen Jodie Comer do through the body of Villanelle in the story, whether or not people have noticed or not, where she is talking or thinking about Eve, much like in um, Wide Awake, episode seven of series two, when Villanelle is listening to the voicemails from Eve, she goes to lay down, she starts fiddling with her scar then. And so when Eve is walking away this time and she's watching her kind of like, oh, I wish we could still keep dancing, but I'm also really glad we have this conversation. I hate the fact that Rihanna's here, but I'm so glad we have this moment. She's got her hand by her, her abdomen. And so she could just have her hand by her abdomen or she could be messing with that scar, considering what the scar means. For Villanelle. And so I just needed, I needed to point that out. I needed to point out how desperate Villanelle looked to kind of have Eve come back and how incredibly different she looked the minute she spun on those heels to greet Rianne. It literally was Oksana <laughs> to Villanelle. Oksana to Villanelle. Right. Here's a vulnerable bitch who was like, yes, 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 you can top me. And then Rianne shows up and she's like, bitch, I'm always the top. Matter of fact, let me dip your ass. I'm a, I'm a dip you. It's the one thing I learned. It's the one thing I learned while I was here for three hours waiting for Eve, watching people dance. And I, I point that out because I had a friend who was like, that looks like a professional dip. So I spent my time arguing with her about how it probably was because it's a fictional show and the people doing the frame probably wanted the actress to hit certain spots. So they practiced how they would dip. But she was just mad that Villanelle, who apparently has no rhythm, should not know how to dip so well with her uh -huh. elbow up. So I was just like, suspend disbelief. I think that's what they wanted us to do. Because she was wondering, is this like a secret thing to say that Villanelle actually knows how to dance? She took dance lessons. And I was like, I don't know. I don't know if we can do that. Right now I'm chalking it up to production stuff that they do just so that the frame looks good without implying something about the character or that a dip was the one thing Villanelle could manage that she watched and so she did it. Because it doesn't really require rhythm. It just requires like a swift move. But I also have to add my third theory, which is that Villanelle was testing Rianne's defenses and reflexes because at least for myself as a fighter, that is something, or if you've done martial arts, that's something you do. I took out a guy's nose in Canada in a haunted house because he jumped up on me and I can't help my reflexes. If you grab me from behind, chances are, chances are you might get hit. Yowch. And so it's possible in my mind also as a third alternative that Villanelle was testing Rianne's reflexes because I think she decided then when she was having that moment with Eve, oh, Rianne, you're interrupting, you're done. You're done. I need to kill you. No, really. Because what else is there to do? You hit Dosh in the head with a club. You didn't kill the mark that the lady in red said, this has to go down. This has All to be right. done efficiently. So she had to know if Rihanna is showing up, it's definitely because she wants me to see the lady in red. And nothing good can come of this, especially since the lady in red says she can murk me. No problem without Rianne's help. And so I think then Villanelle was like, there's no way I'm going back to see the lady in red. I need to take you out. But I first need to see how hard it would be to take you out. How do I approach this? Like what you said about Villanelle potentially being able to beat Yara because she's good at figuring out ways to do it. I think that's what she was trying to do. So to me, if you dip a fighter like Rayanne, there should be an automatic reaction in your body tenseness to say, yo, what are you doing? Right. Because it's out of nowhere. But she just got she dipped. She got dipped. And, and so was I feel stuck. like, right. She <laughs> so I feel like Villanelle was like, oh, this will be easy. Rayanne was short circuited like a. <laughs> 
I'm like, oh, no. Well. And this is how I explain Rianne being so easy to go down ultimately in the fight is that she, that Villanelle learned in that moment that you were based a killer. Maybe like potentially a Felix, like you could beat someone down or you have the ability to murder, but you don't actually have skills to murder. Which because, makes it all the well. more upsetting that Joe Mojafari is sitting with flowers in a, in a park. And I'm like, this is what took you out, Mo? This? <laughs> no! I mean, they did play yeah. Mo, but maybe she just, maybe, maybe she crept up behind Mo and shot him from a distance. Maybe she hit him in the back but of the head and he never saw a cup. But yeah, they did do Mo dirty. They did. That's all I'm dirty. saying. Lord. So yes, yeah, so those are my conspiracy theories. I, If anyone out there does martial arts or fucking anything, boxing, whatever, and you agree that this could be a test of Rianne's skills, hit me up because I, I don't know that I've seen any discourse about that. I don't know if anyone else has thought of it, but that to me is another way to explain the very random dip that happened there. The beginning of the agitation of Rianne to take her out the paint and destabilize her. Right. Get her get her not on her shit because the bitch always just standing there, hands clasped, watching. And so Villanelle pestering her is kind of a way to get her off her fucking game. Right, because she was like, if you want the dance, you could just ask. The dip happens beat beat again beat some more she's like okay where does she want to meet i'm like and rianne are you a het because <laughs> i hope you got a little tingly from that dip the way she whipped okay. you down and you had no defenses right I, her girl, I guess, eyes, okay right. and isn't she the bottom for the lady in red look at her she has no top energy i'm sorry <laughs> i'm rude i'm rude but she doesn't at this time and remember when i was giving ring and skills she didn't deserve because this episode proved girl you didn't deserve any of that shit i was saying for you they just proved to me that you were such a basic killer we back to team d i can't believe this and i just said villain i was on team d so i gotta move Rianne to team c wait no team, team z. z team z right. the last the kitty table <sighs> so now 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 i believe i'm ready to move on justice for mo it's all gonna say <laughs> justice for mo because all this flexing Lord. that you let villanelle do just to show us that uh ran she's nobody she's not she's not next you know, remember that we got next that they was doing when they was doing the nba WNBA. um if she's if she's next i mean she's i mean like you said you compare her to the felixes maybe dasha was really getting real recruits for the 12 i, I was over here thinking she was doing her own offshoot trying to you know weasel her way back home but you know i, I guess i guess we should also note that once Rianne comes in the goddamn door, ruining everything and consequently ensuring her beatdown in the next following scene, MV is like, you got to go take this. I'll meet you later. She gives Eve it? the paper that she got from Constantine, who was dying on the floor in the previous episode. And I feel like Eve is just like, why though? Why? <laughs> we just started dancing. It just, like, it was starting to feel really right. fucking nice. Like, we were just sinking in. Like, I've only been here for five minutes. I just took my jacket off. What right. the fuck do you mean? You gotta go. Our party is being crashed. And I was like, oh. She's like, but I'm still trying to comfort you and find out what's wrong. Like, this is, like, what? don't you want the comfort? And I feel like Villanelle's like, I do. But Rianne is really, she's really annoying. She works the lady in red and she's really scary. Sexy and scary, but maybe they're equal. Equal sexy scary, right. but that's also really bad because that's a high quotient of sexy and scary. And Villanelle's like, I'm just not even trying to be in the same room as her again because I don't know what's going to happen. So I got to kill this bitch, Rianne. Take this. What is this? Freedom. 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 Don't worry, I'll, I'll see what you later. And Eve, I mean, every like three or four steps, she can't help 
about to turn She doesn't want to leave. She just around. got there. She has been racing to find Villanelle for the past few episodes, and the writers haven't given us anything but Eve looking for Villanelle. So that has been all that is on her mind, and she just got there. She legitimately just got there. And Villanelle's like, okay, I know this was all feeling great, but you got to go. And she's like, yo, what the fuck? What is going on? But, and you know, I love that Villanelle's like, freedom. We're not there yet, but we will get there. But this is Villanelle telling Eve to walk and to go, just like how it happens later on in the episode. And and Eve's like, but, 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 but why? But I don't want it. She's like, go. It's also a callback to series two for me. When at the end of all the stuff with Aaron, Villanelle's look like I got some money. I got some stuff. Don't worry about it. I got it taken care of. I'll take care of you. It's the same thing. In this same moment, Villanelle's like, listen, I could be a sugar mama. Freedom. There's a lot of money here. We don't even care about Constantine. Right? We won't take all of his fucking money because she doesn't mention. She does not mention to Eve that Constantine is a problem until Constantine actually becomes relevant. Because when she gets to call from Constantine later, I'm like, oh, she's like, oh, you're okay. So you're still alive. And then she makes that joke about you better not be calling me to tell me you're dead because obviously. But I don't think she gives a fuck about was happening with Constantine at that moment. I, In a way, I kind of feel like she accepted it a little bit. She's like, well, Constantine's dead. <sighs> at least I have the paper. At least I have the paper. Right. He was fun. And I really do have to give the award to Rianne. And I guess by proxy, the lady in red, for the most impressive strat block that has ever happened because it's more impressive than Constantine's strat block. There has never been a time they've been more open, more ready, more yearning. Then what was happening in that ballroom scene? And here comes Rianne from a distance, strap blocking like she's Elastigirl. I can't believe it. It was from a distance. She had to die. I said that. I was like, Rianne, you got to die. You got to die. Bitch, you have to go. I was like, you're you ruining go. this for me. This is my moment. This is my moment. You see? Do you know what movie that comes from? It was just so random what just came out. Uh, no, wait, was it um Chicago? No. This is my moment. You see? Does that help? Okay, I'll make it easier. Young black thespian actress who was discovered in an independent film out of NOLA, New Orleans. Well, I was about in the to bayou. Say, uh, During the flood. I am, I am whittled it down. Oh, you're trying to pronounce her name. Right. I'm going to let you have Quar that ghostery. You do it. I can't do it. I know who now you have to say. Now you have to say no. it. What about the people listening who don't know? But they do. Y'all know. No, they don't. We have <laughs> listeners across the world. They maybe have not seen all the independent films. Lord. No, I can't say the Google name. it. You, now Quar you have to Google Quar it. Don't do that. Don't do that to her. She's probably like 15 now. She what if she is. comes across this podcast? She's like, how dare you, bitch? Um, why don't you just Google it? Google it. For forgive forgive Google me and my trying to uh, say <laughs> this name. But I feel like. Well, Terrence gets the name. It's like This was from the Annie remake produced by Beyonce and Jay-Z. That is not helping. Can't do it. So tell everyone who doesn't know how, what they need to know. Thank you, boo. That's why I feel like I feel like you never knew that pronunciation because you were floundering, you were drowning in the water. Quavenjene Wallace. Wow, she's adorable, and she was in Annie, and I believe she does. I think it's called Opportunity by Sia officially, and it's an adorable performance. I don't know what people thought about Annie or if they were mad about it, but I thought it was cute. And there's a part in the song where she's like, "This is my moment," you see. And it's adorable. And I just, you know, I randomly say parts of musicals just randomly in my life. And either people know where it's from or they don't. But I just wanted to share where it was from because, well, she's adorable. And I do. That is that is probably one of my favorite parts of the film because it's just so sweet and sentimental outside of her dancing on the bed. It's so cheesy and corny, but I just sometimes I really, I really do enjoy the cheese, which is so counter for my personality most days. But not for Annie. 
Well, I mean, that's why we do. Well, I like the remixes of of most classics, but I also like the classics. So, yeah, I guess that's. Oh, do you I... like any of the classics? Yeah. Oh, see, I'm not in that camp. I mean, it's a hard knock life. Yeah, sure, I know that song, but if you if you're gonna ask Candace to watch the vintage Annie again, I'm gonna be like, I'm good. That's like watching um uh, the Mr. Claus or what is that Miracle on 34th Street with the Santa oh, Claus? Oh, like what the Macy's and stuff in the courthouse and here I, yeah, all just the certain, Christmas just letters. Certain, certain vintage films based in New York. I'm just kind of over <laughs> it, and I was over it then when I was a child, as my mama will confirm. So Annie was never one of those, and I think because my dad worked in social work, especially in New York City, it's very um, well the demos are particular for kids who are in the foster system. And I just felt like the Annie update was more accurate to what foster care looks like. And so I just, I can't really relate intensely to the the original Annie. Like, I feel like I relate more to the, what's that one with the girl who's a princess, but she ends up in the thing. Are you talking and, about? Uh, uh, it's a book. Oh, uh, the book. Sam, I was what? Like... Well, no, it's a movie. It's a movie. Um, Isn't it called Little Princess? Are you talking about the, I was, I was about to say the one that, no, you're not talking about what I'm thinking of because I'm. No, thinking I'm pretty of Julie sure Andrews. it's called a little. This is this is a movie. I want to say I can't even remember what country it's set in, but ultimately she it's a little girl. She has a wealthy father. I feel like it's a little princess. He is off doing stuff. She is put into this school that is kind of like a home for girls. She is treated very well initially because her father is rich and she has a bunch of stuff. Then there's news or information that he has died over there and the money that was being sent to take care of her dries up. So the woman taking care of the, the girl at this place, she kind of like turns on her and she was already a hater because she was a rich girl and just becomes like a tyrant, like a real sadistic tyrant, horrible, mean to the little girls. And then you eventually realize that her daddy's not dead. But she's right. basically living as a, as a pauper and um, overworked like these other kids. No respect. And so that's sort of the thing is like I her humility like and things. I'm pretty sure. Let me Google it to make sure I'm not wilding out. Yes, it's this little girl. It came out in 1995. Alfonso Cuaron, also director of Gravity. Those are two very different films, but there it is. Yeah, I've, I've definitely seen that. I don't know why it just washed over me. The little um, black girl that was in like all the 90s films. <laughs> Right. Right! It's all coming back. It's all coming back to me now. So the actress was Vanessa Chester. And the other movie I was imagining seeing in my eyes, she was in the Jurassic Park sequel because she played Jeff Goldblum's child of color, a black child. And I was like, oh, my God. And I remember being young then and being like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. She was also in Harriet the Spy. She's all that. So, yeah, that's side tangent into Annie. Of which Terrence likes the classic, and I do not. I mean, I don't dislike it. I just, you won't find me going she out said, of my way to I watch it. I can't relate, is what she 